Welcome to Secondhand Stories. I'm your host, Jim Zabo. I'm your co-host, Colleen Stewart. Kyle, we've been talking for a while about the bad things that are going on in the world. This is Monday evening. Um, the reports are still coming in from Las Vegas, and we kind of picked uh, not the best story to run at the present time. It's the best we have because it's the only one that we have, and it doesn't take anything away from the story itself or the author who wrote it. It's still a great story, but um, we do realize that the timing of it is not the best. Um, yeah, we don't, def- definitely not. We don't run um, too many violent stories on this podcast, and that's pretty intentional. Um, I end up picking most of the stories um, for us, and in the most polite words, I can choose violence is just not my thing, doesn't get me off, doesn't entertain me at all. Um but there will be some small amount of violence in the story. So just kind of wanted to warn people going into it um, that that's going to happen, um, which might not be the best for this week, but it is what we have. Um, and it kind of fits in with our what we're trying to do for the month of October, which is do some scary-ish stories. Um, and it just so happens that there was a horrible tragedy this week. And that stinks. Um but yes. I think I could speak for both of us when I say that sharing art is the best way to build empathy. Um, and so we, we wanted to run an episode this week, and I think that um, this is going to be a fine story to do. Again, it does not take anything away from the story itself, but we just wanted to make it clear that we are still processing everything. Colleen and I grew up about 10 miles from Newtown, Connecticut. So we've like wrestled with these kinds of things before. And we know how like tragic this is not only for um, that community, but just, you know, what's going to, what's going to come in the coming days. So just want to say that at the top, um, I don't know. Do you have anything to say, Kyle? Nope. Just, um, you know, I just want to reiterate what Jim said, you know, reading and, and art, builds empathy and it makes you connect with people and if if we can do that to a small degree then hopefully you know that'll make things better try to make better in the world people make that's all you can do so uh today we are sharing the story called solid by trista hurley wexali uh with you all and colleen is going to make her narratorial debut is that a word that's not a word at all <laughs> i think it is narratorial uh, narratorial i don't think so nar- nar- i have no idea yeah she will make her debut as narrator of Ooh, the story today god so. bless everyone <laughs> good luck oh thank you jim i will be recording um, shortly after we finish this yeah unfortunately we can't discuss uh we can't dissect colleen's um her her reading on this one but uh I'm sure she's going to do a great job. And um, so here's the story. Only one thing can complete me, and that's seeing her in concert. The way she owns the stage and costume and makeup is everything. She's flawless. Her lips when she sings make me want to sing along and snap my fingers to the beat. To dance for a moment and forget about overdue homework, the disgusting poison homeroom, and most of all, my dead-end job. After work, I head out to find Katie at her car. Hey, honey, Katie jokes while opening my door. Thanks, sweetheart. I roll my eyes and throw my purse in the back. I'm so tired of hearing Ryan lecture me on how I'm giving away ice cream on the soft serve. Next time, I'm going to shove the whole cone down his throat. Ha! He might actually like that. 
Katie parks the car in our usual field off the concession. You know he gets a dollar fifty more than us? What? How? Yeah, apparently the manager before thought he was responsible. Katie says while pulling out a joint from her jacket pocket. What? All he does is count how many patties we need for the lunch rush. Anyone can do that. I know. Even me. You want to be manager? Katie asks while taking a second pull off the joint before giving it to me. No, I say before I inhale, but I do need a concert ticket. Yeah, my dad says he can get me tickets for when she's playing here. But of course, I'll have to go with my new mom. Oh god, isn't she still in college? Yeah, and apparently she's graduating, Katie says, looking in the rearview mirror to wipe away mascara crumbs. Really? Yeah, it turns out we'll both be graduating this year. Gross, I say as I hand the back of the joint. Yeah, welcome to my home. She pouts in my direction and then winks. We start to laugh because of the weed and stay in the high. It feels good to be here with my best friend and Jewel on the radio. We stop halfway through the joint and she hands me the rest. I smile and bring it inside. Mom and Dad are still out on their Thursday night date night. They're probably at a lounge listening to her voice coming through the speakers. Mom swaying her head and Dad sipping his sweet rum. Surely they'll understand that going to this concert is crucial for my life. After all, they were teenagers once. Absolutely not, Dad says while drinking his breakfast smoothie. What? Why? I say, trying not to throw my black coffee. You should learn to save, then you could better value where you spend your money. Mom says, always being the referee. But mom, you know I'm great with money, I respond. True. You don't really buy much. Thank you. Then where's this money going? I don't know. Life, I say. The truth is, the little money I get every couple weeks seems to be just enough to pay for movie tickets and a couple tubes of lipstick. Honey, I think dad just wants to teach you how to manage money. Mom says while putting the plates in the cupboard. Katie's dad is buying her concert tickets, I say. Mom stops and looks to dad. We're not Katie's household, mom says. Do you have school today? No, I'm going to work from 2 p.m. to close. See, you'll get the money in no time. Sure, I say as I leave my empty mug in the sink. After lunch, I head out to work, which is about an hour walk and a half a joint away. Maybe I should try for management? I know what Ryan does on a day-to-day basis. Most times he calls other locations to compare daily inventory of patties and buns. Then, after that, he'll poorly schedule people's shifts, never taking into consideration any employee's requested days off. The worst part would be dealing with customers. Do I really want to deal with customer complaints? Of course I do. Because while they complain to me, my raise will get me closer and closer to the concert. Plus, I can always quit when these front row seats are in my food-greased hands. What? You can't be manager, Ryan says while filling out one of the faxed over forms. Look at you, you're already high. I'm not high, I say, trying not to sway. You should at least give me a trial period. What do you think this is? This is a career. You can't just try it for a few months, then move on. That's not what I mean. I know what you mean, he says and turns to me. You mean to give me a headache, which you've achieved. Now go get ready. Megan needs to go on break. I watched him walk away and look at him through the office window, typing and faxing. I imagine kicking him in the face, but if I do that, I'd get fired. What I need to do is force him out of his position and create a vacancy. What I need to do is remove Ryan. The first option is really the most obvious, the one we're the most warned about in training when using the hot oil on the deep fryer. This boiling oil, meant to cook fries in flash heat, can rip flesh from muscle, leaving tissue to flake like salt. It's easy to look like a mistake when changing the oil. I can simply tip the deep fryer over if I angle my body behind the machine, as if I'm looking for a lost earring. Something not to appear as a red flag on the camera footage, I will certainly be questioned and I will be prepared for that if I'm going to apply for the management position. 
But knowing Goody Two-Shoes Ryan, he'll say to put Meg in the position until he gets out of the burn unit. Another option would be to come up to him from behind in one of the blind spots in the camera and cut his throat, opening his neck like Dale Buns. The problem is that the evidence will be too easy to trace since the blood trail from the box cutters will lead straight to my locker. And knowing Ryan, always telling the truth, he'll write my name in his blood. Plus, I don't really know how long it will take for him to die. I can't risk getting caught for concert tickets because then I won't be able to attend. Maybe I should just make his injury appear as an accident to avoid prison? Like, maybe I can hide in it and cause the injury from a distance? There's a time after the lunch rush where he goes to the, to the bailer at the back to break down the empty boxes. And if something is stuck in the bailer, he doesn't really have anything to move the boxes besides his arm. So I'll find a way to cross the wires and make sure the lights stay off when the machine is in use. Then as he's fixing the stuck box, I can switch on the fuse and crush his limbs. Where the sound of his two bones being snapped apart will echo like tearing apart frozen patties in the kitchen. Ideally, he won't bleed to death and someone will find him. Well, that also means someone might catch me crossing the wires. It's settled. The only way to get the tickets is killing Ryan. I'm going to freeze him. It's actually really easy since there's no cameras above the freezer in the back. That and it's not messy because no blood will be squirting on my shirt. Best of all, there will be no evidence of my presence because the lock resets after the door closes, and everyone here knows the emergency button on the inside hasn't been working for years. This is something I will insist we repair on my first day as manager. It's my last break and I see Ryan heading to the back with a cart of patties and buns for the freezer. Hey, do you need any help, I say? You know, before I go on break? Sure, you can keep the door open. Yeah, definitely. I walk with him to the back where the camera shows everything is normal. Look, I'm really sorry I thought I could ask to be manager. I know I have a lot of areas I need to improve on. I guess I thought it might be a good fit. You are a good fit, and I do want to promote you, he says. It's just you wouldn't even show up on time to your own funeral. He laughs and I laugh to show anyone passing how much fun we're having together. He opens the freezer door and leans on it while I kick the door gym under the door. A little piece of wood and plastic blend sent from a head office to keep him safe. I go over and start to help him. He looks over and smiles. I feel his eyes move from my neck to my waist and I look back at him before they go any lower. I stand up and lean over to him and place my lips on his mouth. I have no lipstick on, and I know some DNA from this lip lock is all I'll have on this moment. His hands wrap around me as he angles on top of the patties. I fall back a bit and laugh awkwardly. Not exactly the ideal position, but I get up and keep kissing him, letting his arms wrap around my waist, and then he bites my lip. Ouch, I say, and step back to feel. Too rough, he says, and then narrows his eyes. Oh, I can handle rough. I inhale his cologne just before I lunge as hard as I can with my arms out. I push him over the patties and into the wall. I watch his head hit the steel before his eyes close. No blood. I step back and don't touch anything. I kick out the stopper and hear the lock click behind me. I feel my lips starting to swell. I walk slowly to the bathroom and apply some ember-colored lipstick. I try to slow down because my hand can't stop shaking. The orange color in the reflection looks like Ryan's hair. The smears look like how his head did after impact. I open the faucet and wet a napkin before putting it on my forehead. I can do this. I can kill. Have you seen Ryan? Megan asks when I reach the counter. I think he left with Andrew. Something about another store? Did he log out? He wouldn't need to log out if he was at another location. Right. I didn't know that. I guess we'll close up and have the supervisor lock up. Sounds great, she said with a smile. She walks over to make some fries for an order of tossing the sticks with tongs, hypnotizing me with a scent of salt. The next morning, either Katie is early or I'm late. I'm not really sure but it feels like I've been standing here watching her car from my window for ages. Thanks for picking me up. Whatever, no big deal, she says while reversing out of my driveway. Just couldn't keep breakfast now and watching Dad and Little Miss Princess. 
I roll my eyes and grip her other hand resting on the seat. It's not easy for her, but at least she's getting tickets. When we pull up to the restaurant, there's police everywhere. They found Ryan! He's dead! Megan says, before bursting into tears on her already red and swollen lids. I walk closer to the back door and spot the other manager, Andrew. I nod and he nods back. Jesus, they found him frozen to death, Katie says, something I already knew. I just heard from Tom. Can you believe it? I try to put on my best look of sorrow face. What's with your lip? I touch my lip. Shit, it's where he bit me. I don't know. I'll go check. I walk into the bathroom and I feel a dent left from Ryan like he's gripping me in death. I start to smell his cologne. Can Katie smell that? I grab my perfume and spray a cloud thick and staining the mirror. His cologne can't be that strong. I shower and this is a new outfit. I shake my purse to find my lipstick. I apply layer after layer so thick it fills up the dent. I stop when I don't see it and his cologne scent gets overpowered. I step out to rejoin Megan. I put my arm around her shoulders. What's with all the lipstick? She says, drying her tears. I don't know. I wanted to wear something tasteful. She shrugs my arm off. Andrew walks up and looks at both of us. He pulls me aside. Look, I know this is a tough time, but you seem to be handling it very professionally. Thanks, I say. How about you feeling as manager? Megan is too shaken up to handle the new role. Yeah, sure. Andrew nods and shakes my hand. I'll do this for Megan. No, do it for Ryan, he says. I will, Andrew, I say. I'll do this for Ryan. Trista Hurley-Waxali just finished a stint living in L.A. for six years and is looking forward to her next adventure. She's performed at Avenue 50, Stories Bookstore, and internationally at Obiole in Ireland and for Helsinki Poetry Connection. She writes weird short stories and is working on her novel at this juncture. So, do you have anything to start us off with here, Kyle? Do you want me to start us off? Uh, yeah, Jim, go ahead. Get, get um, on it. Yeah, I'll I'll just get started with kind of why I chose this story, and it was like kind of for a very specific reason. Um, and we, Kyle and I, like started to talk about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, I liked this story because of the choice our narrator made, um, which might be a little bit counterintuitive. Um, I think definitely for for Colleen, but. Um, I was just surprised by it. I think a lot of times we get these stories where the main character is kind of at a fork in the road and like there's one, uh, let's say, more easy choice um, for them to make. And then there's a choice that makes things a little bit more complicated for them. And um, I'm thinking specifically, and I don't mean to take away from the story at all, but um, of Doug Hoekstra's story, Mr. X, where our narrator has the choice to either sleep with a married woman or not. And he chooses not to, which is a totally reasonable choice. And it was right for that story. But I think it's interesting to see the character like deal with the bad decision that they made and just kind of, it just reveals more of their character and you just learn more about them through like the mistakes that they make. So um, that was kind of why I liked this originally. It was like the first story where I saw the narrator make the wrong choice, what I thought was the wrong choice. And I think everybody would agree that this narrator made the wrong choice. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of why I picked it. I definitely agree. And this is kind of related to this, but also kind of related to our kind of intro to this story about the unfortunate events that happened today. Um, 
so preamble, obviously people dying is not funny and it's not supposed to be entertaining, but I think, and I could be wrong, um, what the author was trying to do was make kind of like a, a Stephen King style, like light humor out of, out of this. Like it's kind of, I mean, think about it. These two girls are smoking a joint. This girl wants to try and get concert tickets. And so her first thought is to kill her manager. Yeah. It sounds like a really bad, like, Lifetime movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... But, like, I think... And I think maybe that might be what the style that she was going for. That, like... Or, you know that TV show? Um, fuck, what is it called? Uh... La, 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 la. Um... Scream Queens. Scream Queens. With Emma Roberts. And, okay. um... Have you ever watched it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's on FX. It's kind of, it's a um oh, the guy who created American Horror Story, same mm-hmm. guy. He created this show also, and it's like a, it's like total um parody of like this college where all these sorority girls are like super mean and like like classic like bitchy girls, and there's start there's like an axe murderer on campus that's dressed up as the Red Devil, and they're going around like killing students, and it's like a big mystery, and then. But, like, the girls are, like, making fun of it. And then it's, a, it's like, a whole, like... And then they start killing each other to, like, because they think it's, it's a whole thing. So it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of... You, you're supposed to get the joke, like, of, like, why it's... And, like, since it's such a parody of, like, whatever. Yeah. And this this is what this kind of reminds me of. It's kind of, like, you know, these two stoners and they're just, like, working at this, you know, fry joint. And, like, they're, like, oh, yeah, we want to go to this concert. We're just going to kill our manager. Like, we'll put him in the freezer. And then we won't have to worry about it. That's like exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah, it's, and, like, a, absurdity. Like, absurd humor. Kind yeah, of. so, it's exactly. Like, absurd humor that, like, you wouldn't... Like, this would, would never... Like, if this was a this real story. Happens. Yeah, exactly. If this was, like, a real, like... If this was on the news, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's fucking horrible. That girl's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. But, like, in this story, you're kind of, like... Laws. <laughs> like, it's kind yeah. of... It's kind of, like, ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, you go from, like fighting with your dad at the kitchen table to being like i'm gonna kill my manager like and stuff him in the freezer like going through all these like random scenarios of how you're gonna kill him like the one about the spilling the fryer oil on him that it almost made me laugh because i was just like thinking about like because she was like yeah it'll work like i'll just pretend like i was finding an earring behind there and then she's like wait no the cameras will see me like it was just kind of like this girl's like off she's like off her rocker like she's almost so crazy that like you just I don't know it was and also like this is terrible but like this story kind of satisfies that like like we all think like not to the point of like killing people we all like think like bad things every once in a while especially when there's someone who like really bugs you like like you know someone that you work with who's just like always under your skin you're just like God, I wish they would just, like, stub their toe or, like, trip over something. Like, kind of, like, wish poor on somebody. Not, mm-hmm. obviously, death. But, like, you know, like, uh, God, I just can't can't deal with that person. Like, wish the, wish the, they, something bad happens to them. Like, they, they're, they spill their coffee or something. Whatever. Like, that kind of, this kind of satisfies that, that urgent, as I feel, that, like, you know what, she, like, this guy was a pain in the ass. And he's, you know, telling her that she's not doing her soft serve right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, and he's just bugging her or whatever. And so she actually, you know, submits to this these horrible thoughts that you have about people who bug you, and like it kind of satisfies that urge and like to just be like, yeah, you know, fuck you, man. Like you're a dick, and like you got what served to you. And I think that's kind of like 
I think, I feel like that's kind of, like, why you were attracted to the story, because it, like... Yeah. Like, it's kind of what you said, like, you don't usually expect to see, like, this person make the wrong decision, but it kind of, like, this is so lame and so cliche, but, like, feels good to be bad. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like it's super lame but like it's i feel like that kind of like scratches that that yeah, no, I, guttural urge in us that was know? that was like definitely the other part of it like you know we all have days where we're mad at our boss but we don't do these kinds of things and so now like the fantasy plays out obviously again as you said nobody's fantasizing about actually killing their boss maybe some people are and that's not good but maybe like, some people are and that's a problem don't yeah, do that's, it and that's seek a big help. problem yeah, we we do not condone that at all. But uh, like, no. yeah, you got to see like this is a fantasy world. You got to see it play out, and I, like it worked out for her, which is the yeah. I mean, so up to this point, we don't know what happens like, if they do an investigation or anything like that. You know, they right. might find some. And things, like that but... even adds more to the absurdity to it. Like no yeah. one questioned anything. No one was like, yep. oh, like why didn't you like you? You know what I mean? Like it's all the obvious like real life things that would have happened in the real world like did not happen <laughs> yeah exactly. like why weren't his parents looking for him after he didn't come home from work or, like at five o'clock <laughs> like why didn't you know oh it happens to that she was the last person that saw him maybe she had something to do with it maybe she shouldn't be promoted <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah and it's like all, all just to see this concert like that, right <laughs> one of the things that that i wanted to to pick out um from this and i'm I think I mentioned this on our episode like two weeks ago. Um, I'm still reading it by Stephen King. I'm just reading it again because the movie's out. Oh, really? Um, you haven't seen it? I still haven't seen it. Oh, but my God. You're I think going to miss it. I know. I've Maybe I'll see it on Friday the 13th. Ooh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't do that. Dude, um, it's so creepy. Oh, yeah, God. I really Oh, it was it. so creepy. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, it's okay. Uh so I th- yeah, I'm reading it, and I think one of the things that Stephen King really does well, however people feel about him, um, is, and I know other authors do this too, like Neil Gaiman, um, but he does a really good job of illuminating like how real certain things seem to children or young adults that adults kind of like gloss over. Um, so the things that I wanted to pick up on and I think there are two um you know you have the real issues of Katie having this new mom who's like her age almost and how weird that must be and like she's dealing with that however she needs to and like that's a real real problem that you know young adults have to deal with if that's their situation um but then on the other side you have like the narrator who just really wants to see this concert like she has to see this this like performer whoever it is and that's probably real to her like I would say that we've had similar experiences maybe not the same not and we wouldn't but like the absurd part is we wouldn't go to the same lengths that she would to like solve the problem like obviously Katie can't do anything about her problem um but you know it is a real problem and to the narrator I'm sure this is like a real issue but you know as even slightly older people than teenagers it's kind of like yeah you you don't need to see this concert like it's it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't go so like i feel like we're already kind of dismissing the like childhood young adult problems that she's having maybe they are real i don't know i don't know how, how you feel about that but 
Um, if you had a, anything that you like had to do that your parents were just like, no, like you need to learn how to manage your money. You can't do this. <laughs> it's like still my daily spot. life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, they're probably, I don't know. I can't really think. Um, there probably was something like when I was younger, but like, but you can't remember it anymore. Cause like it's, it's no big yeah, deal. It was, like so insignificant. Yeah. Yeah. But like at the time it was probably like the biggest deal on earth. Right. That's um, why I like, I kind of think that that's I don't know, so like, cool. or like sometimes like when I would like want to go see Matt or something, or like want to hang out with him. Like we, my parents would be like, no, like you can't like, nah, you have to like hang out at home. I don't know. Something like finish your yeah. homework or whatever, whatever the excuse was. And I would always be like, Oh my God, it's not fair. And like, I would sometimes I would threaten to just go anyway, and they would be like, "Yeah, if you leave, then don't come back." <laughs> I think that was like one of the times. It was like, "Fine, if you leave, then you can't go back." Yeah. And like it. And it I was, didn't. I stayed. Yeah, you stayed, and it was like no big deal. And yeah, I'm sure no. That like the narrator, it would have been no big deal if she missed this concert. Like she would have been mad for a couple weeks, but. Yep. And then she probably now got she over has it. murder on her hands. So. Yeah, it's true. Um, that is true. Adult consequences for teenage behavior. Yeah, I I think that was like definitely a, I mean, I don't want to say theme to the story because like it was basically just the sequence of events, but it was just like a big takeaway yeah, from the story. Be, let's be, say. That'd be themes, I think. I think yeah. A, a theme. Definitely um, a theme. I don't know if you have anything else. Um, I mean, I just I like I think we kind of talked about it already. Like, I kind of like the dynamic of the characters, like. You kind of start out the story with, like, you think they're just going to be these, like, two, like, deadhead girls, like, whatever. It's going to be kind of, like, a dopey story. Almost like a dude, where's my car thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, takes a turn. Like, I know, like, it really actually surprised me when I read reread this. I, again, I was like, like, they're like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, so if I slit his throat. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And re- I mean, it really, really, really reminds me. It's Ryan Murphy. That's who created American Horror Story. Ryan Murphy, okay. Ryan Murphy. It really reminds me of that, because that's, like, exactly what would happen in the show. It would be, like, these girls would be, like, you know, like, they'd, like, almost, I don't know, you'd have to watch the show, but they're, like, having, like, a sorority party, and then all of a sudden they'd be, like, yeah, so we're gonna, like, stick our nanny's face in the fryer because she called us fat or something. I don't know, like, whatever. It was, like, something yeah. stupid. And it's just, like, wait, what? You're just, you were just singing, like, to ABBA. What's going on? <laughs> it's, like, that <laughs> jarring kind of... Yeah, exactly. Which I think is, it's hard, and, like, that can be really hard to do, and she does that pretty well. Like, it's kind of, like, it's jarring, but it's also kind of, like, oh, wait, now this kind of makes sense, because, like, I don't know, she's, she's, I don't know, she does it well, I think. Yeah, I want to latch onto that, because I think the, like, cold, calculating logic that she went through and, like, how quickly it escalated was really scary, honestly, like, she yeah. was like, okay, I need concert tickets, so I need money to get the concert tickets. So she goes and asks her parents, and they say no. And she's like, okay, well, the other way I can get money is with work, and I'm not going to get enough with you know my hours and whatever, so what can I do? Okay, I can become manager. How do I become manager? i got to remove the curtain manager. How do I do that? And then you get into like all these violent ends that you know she could bring to the current manager, but... Then she like settles on one that sounds feasible and like won't get her caught, and then she just goes for it. And then I really like, didn't think she was gonna go for it. I thought she was just no. Gonna be, like why? Like and, why would you think that she would? I like that's. I that's or the I thought about what, it. what was gonna right? Or I thought what was gonna happen is that she was gonna like she was gonna do it like lock him in the freezer, and then she would like 
immediately be like, what the fuck am I doing? And then like unlock the door. <laughs> but like, then oh, like, God. but if you do that, then you're like admitting to the one person who can like catch you that you did something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. She could have like played it off. Like, oh God, I like didn't mean to like, oh, close yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, played it off as an accident. Yeah. I get played that off too. as like an accident. Like, obviously I thought about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shaking, I had thought. Not trying, to, not trying to kill my manager. I don't, have, I don't think I have a manager. No. Do I? no. <laughs> I am not trying to do that for mine either. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. So I. Yeah, people, we do not condone killing no, your boss. Do not condone this any of this stuff. This is not a movie. This is real life. No. This is part of our October Halloween scary or just weird. Yeah, this weird is a scary kind story. Of, yeah, Tell it around a campfire. Story. Get a flashlight. Do the thing. Yeah. It's supposed to be scary. Boot. Scary. Yeah. So that was um, Trista Hurley, Waxali's story, uh, Solid. I want to thank Colleen for reading it so wonderfully, I'm sure. Um, we want <laughs> Since to thank... it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure she did a great job. Coming um, to a microphone near you. Yeah. Thank you again to Trista uh, for sending us her story. Thanks, Colleen, again for hosting with me. Thanks, everybody, for being patient with us. Uh, when we didn't have an episode last week, we just never heard back from the author whose story we were hoping to run and we were not prepared enough to run a different story, which is my bad. Um, but we're hoping to run a story every week in October. So no worries there. Um, Honestly, Jim, they needed a break after sad September. Yeah, they did. Those, those two were heavy, heavy hitters. Ugh. There was another uh, people. There was a third, that's a third sad story. Just feel gonna, lucky that, that we happen. saved you from sadness. Yeah. And now we're in October and you're scared out of your fucking minds. Yeah, we have some, I, so I did some reading this weekend. I read, mm -hmm. I think just about all the stories that I had left, I think. And we got a creepy one for Yes! Sure. It's like yes! legit Amazing. Creepy. Awesome. It's the kind of creepy Shout that I like. Shout out to that person. Yeah, I don't know if it's the kind of creepy that everybody gets behind, but it's like, it's Wait, what kind of Alright, hold up. What kind of creepy is he talking about, Jim? Like... Uh well I don't want to spoil it for you you gotta read it um just tell well just tell me like we're offline yeah it's, <laughs> we're off the record something that do Scaramucci doesn't know the answer to do you want like a synopsis or do you want like just in general I don't know if I can do a synopsis or I don't know if I can um, do in general sorry okay let's do a synopsis then so like this couple gets invited to <gasps> and so you're like then what just happened like what was the whole thing like I just I don't know. Oh my and god, I'm so great now. That's so creepy. So creepy, right? I just off the air gave Colleen a synopsis of our next story and how is it called? It's creepy, guys. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>